Hi and welcome to episode 111 of the This Repertage podcast. My name is Alan Law, I'm the founder of This Repertage and This Repertage family, and I'm a photographer too. Super to chat to the very talented Matt Parry today. Matt was fourth in the UK on TIR for 2021 and 18th in the world with an overall haul of 12 Repertage Awards and three Story Awards won so far. He delves into lots of different subjects on the episode today, including identifying a muse and the naughty table at weddings, how he captured his dog peeing on the top table reportage award, why he shoots with three cameras, the importance of people skills, not taking long breaks so he's always on the ball, preempting and being aware and much, much more. Hey Matt, how you doing? I'm good, Alan. How are you? Yes, I'm good as well, man. Yeah, thanks for joining me on here. You're welcome. Well, mm. good to chat. It's been a long time since I saw your face, so it's a, I, a, at least at least speaking to you is, is is somewhat of a connection. It is, isn't it? it? Is yeah, it has been. I don't know when it. It's been years though. It, well, yeah, because it was. Yeah, I hadn't seen you that recently before the world shut down. It had been a good year, I think, before that, man. So mm, yeah, it's yeah. been a long, long time. Yeah, it has. It has. Yeah, it's uh, been a mad couple of years. How's it? How has it been for you? Whilst we were on that subject, how you know how has the whole pandemic thing been for you? How you been? Um, it it was all right. I mean, I, luckily, from a family perspective, um, well, you obviously you you, you kind of know my wife, don't you? From your previous, <laughs> I know what. Yeah, that is a small world. We would probably say I've never actually met your wife, but <laughs> yeah, in my it's so random our connection. Just in my previous day job, think, in did SF. you not? Did you not meet once though? Did she not? I, think, I remember because it was weird because I think she might have come to see you. You were an agency, weren't you? I think. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think she went down uh, at, at least to the agency. She may have not have met you, and then no, I might yeah, not have been there then. I'd start. But, yeah, I was in my early sort of um, few months or six months of wedding photography, and yeah, your name just came up, or she came into my office, and I don't know. I was looking at your work or something. She goes, "Oh, I know, I know an Alan who went into wedding photography," and <laughs> there you go. Yeah. it's such a small world so bizarre yeah that was yeah. when i was in seo and she was working for a company that i was doing the seo for yeah, yeah, so yeah, bizarre, yeah. Really. well she's she's still there so she works she works in digital uh, marketing oh, so cool. her and uh, sort of career had somewhat could have been on hold when obviously we've got a couple of young kids and she had matt leaves and gone back part-time and and the, the longer term plan was that she would go back full time and sort of ramp up the career again, but mm -hmm. it, it kind of brought that forward by maybe twelve months. Um, and obviously, where our industry went somewhat downhill, um, hers went quite stratospheric because obviously it's all online sort of marketing yeah, right. and retail. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, managed. She went full time, but working from home, which was a nice transition back into full time work. And, and yeah, yeah. we kind of we kind of swapped places, and and then. Um, so I quite I, I quite enjoyed the first year. It felt like a break. It felt like a a, mm. a summer at home. Um, yeah, because how old are your kids? Uh, so youngest Felix is five and Phoebe is eight. Oh, okay. So, nice. Were you doing the homeschooling and stuff then? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, not it wasn't all me. We were kind of doing it together. But yeah, a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah, um, it, 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 was. Seems, it seems ages ago. That's weird. It's it does actually. Yeah, that's true, isn't it? And how about? I mean, we were. Uh, did you manage to shoot much at all during yeah. 2020? Yeah, I mean, it was. I, I my days of shooting big volume had sort of gone anyway. So, sort of back to sort of doing shooting sort of 20 late 20s, 30 weddings. So I didn't have tons and tons you know i know some people had like sort of 50 60 weddings to sort of logistically sort of sort and stuff like that so mm. yeah pretty much all of them if there's only a handful that didn't or haven't yet to take place um and okay. i think i shot it went it obviously it, it's the weirdest thing in the world to think that weddings were banned it's just crazy. <laughs> it's true yeah it's true if whenever I say that out loud, it just sounds the weirdest thing. But when I think that they 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 came back in was it kind of June July they kind of allowed them to happen in very small. And I, I remember she, it was mm -hmm. on, on about a week after you were allowed to get married again that um, a couple that weren't booked to get married that year. It was one of the micro wedding sort of things that came out. Mm -hmm. They but contacted me and said, Matt, as soon as we're able to, we want to do it. Well, are you interested? And I said, yeah, I'm desperate. I'm absolutely chomping at the bit. So I shot, I think I shot about eight in total for okay. the remainder of that year. That was the first one. There was a few couples that 
had planned to do it bigger but did it smaller there was a few couples that have since done it bigger that did it smaller in 2020 so it was i mean it was yeah there was there wasn't anything like the um the numbers that anyone would be used to but it was you know they were they're were all pretty special they're all nice they're all small it kind of it was a reminder and i think that was back that was when um I sort of joined this as reportage again because I remember I was I joined it when you set it up and then I sort of drifted away from it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it kind of, um, yeah, I wanted to sort of just remind myself and get back into the rhythm of sort of concentrating on that side of it, and and that was why I sort of rejoined and started submitting again, basically. Mm, that's cool, man. That's cool. And did you enjoy doing those smaller weddings? Did you enjoy that? I, yeah, I, I, in 2020 I did. Mm. When it got to the beginning of 2021, and Again, it was the first six months, wasn't it really, where, again, it was all restrictive. It was, you know, mm. numbers were, were limited. I was getting a bit fed up with them then, if I'm honest. I was mm. like, just bring back the dance floor, bring back the dance floor. Bring back, bring back the dance floor, yeah. Yeah, and the energy, you know, there, I mean, there, was, there was lots of emotion. There was lots of poignancy, and, and there was stuff to be captured, definitely. But there wasn't that energy that you get when there's loads of people, you know, loads, yeah. of, people, loads of dancing. Do you know what I mean? So it was... It was um, it was nice when it lasted, but I was desperate for for them to sort of get big and, and, and crazy again, definitely. Yeah, that's cool. That is cool. Did you have a good first, like, big wedding back? Because I know mine, mine, I had a couple who, they got married, like, a day after all the restrictions lifted or something. And that was really, really cool. Did you have a it good was, first one? It, it was, it stalled, didn't it? Because, obviously, obviously in the UK, it, it was meant to be about the, was it meant to be like the 20th of June? Yeah, it was something like that. But then it, it got yeah. delayed by a month, didn't it? Oh, so did I it now? Had, See, I forget yeah, all these yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it got delayed. So you could still, basically, it got delayed. So the the, restric- the full lifting of restrictions didn't then happen until I think the 19th of July. Right. And the only reason I remember this is that I had two weddings, literally the, the week before the full lifting, that were meant to be weren't meant to be restricted because they delayed it, if that makes sense. And oh, they okay. were weird because the couples were like, didn't uh, planned like DJ and, and bands and then they couldn't, they could still have them, but there was no dancing inside. Uh, couldn't stand up and hold a drink. You know, it was, bizarre, I know, it? it was weird. And then, I mean, the strange thing was I had a wedding, that wedding at one particular venue and the venue, you know, I could understand they were worried about losing their license. They'd been sent this list of do's and don'ts from whoever sent the lists out to, to yeah. venues, and they were they were they were playing it by the book, which is fair enough. But then I was there two weeks later, when and they didn't. It was just you know because they were allowed the venue just let them do what they want. Then it was right. just strange. I sort of saw the same venue either side of the the lifting of it, and it just it just put it into perspective just a bit how silly it had all got, you know. But you know. Mm. No, oh, that's cool. That interesting that you saw that from the same venue actually. Yeah. After, so yeah. Yeah. yeah cool. But no, I was so I can't. Yeah. That, that I think my first one back without any restrictions was was that one at that same venue where two weeks earlier, it had felt very yeah. It felt a little bit strange, but it still yeah. seems surreal thinking about that whole time now, doesn't it? Actually, it does. Even though it wasn't that long ago, it does feel. Oh, I don't know. In what. I think the last six months, I mean, also it was, yeah, it was mid July and then it just, it felt back to normal. And it's, I always mm. say this at weddings, one of the greatest things about weddings is that they are kind of a bubble. If that makes sense. They are, they're mm, kind their of, own thing. yeah. And they always feel separate to normal life. Mm, and, it, that's and, true. and it's, so whenever they happen, you, you, you arrive at a wedding as a supplier, as a couple, as a guest and, for that day, it just seems to be like that's the only thing that's happening, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the world just carries on as normal. And then you just have this this day that, that happens. Um, yeah. And it felt, and that was, it felt never more did it feel like that. And, and people were, you know, they'd been, people were still kind of surviving in this world where lots of things hadn't gone back to normal, but they'd get mm. to the wedding and they, they were just letting go because it was just, oh, hang on a minute, we can do all these things that maybe we still can't do outside mm, of the true. real world so it, it was a it was a it went from one extreme to the other very quickly which was strange but but welcome in the end i guess mm, that's cool i like that analogy of wedding like a bubble as well actually that is true isn't it yeah that yeah is definitely, true. definitely. Mm. 
Uh, where are you based, by the way? Are you like Milton Keynes, way? I don't know why I think you're Milton Keynes. So you're not Milton you, Keynes, way? You could be exactly right. Oh, that's why. That's why I thought you were there because you are there. That's well, I'm kind of. I, yeah, I mean, I, I I'm about six miles out of Milton Keynes in a little right, village because okay. when I I used to. Uh, well, you can probably tell from my accent. I'm not originally from Milton Keynes. I can't tell where you're from. Where are you from? I'm from originally from Bolton. Oh, right, okay. Born and bred in Bolton and up north. Up north, mate, definitely, yeah. <laughs> and um, I moved south when I was 18, I think. I just finished my A levels, and my dad got a job transfer to Milton Keynes. Okay. Which, was, um, which back then was like a sort of new t- new town, new city. And, and um, so, yeah, I sort of lived there. Um, I never really settled. I never really felt sort of settled in Milton Keynes because it's a strange old place. I mean, Is it? I've never been. never been, actually. You're not missing much. Uh, <laughs> it's, 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 um, it's, it's one of the, the sort of standard new towns in the UK. So it, it, lacks, it lacks soul because it doesn't right, have okay. any history, basically. It's just... So it's very clean. It's very easy to get around. It's built on a grid system. It just feels a bit stale. Do you know what I mean? It's uh, not yeah. not sort of me. So we, um, so I met Carla here, and uh, we bought a house together. But I never felt quite. I was just something wasn't right. If that makes sense, where we where we were. And I used to before as a photographer. Then mm-hmm. um, I was just itching to to go traveling. Carla was like, no, 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 no. Don't be silly. You know, we're too old for that now. Um, it was sort of late twenties at this point. Yeah. Now we settle down. We need to think about having kids. And I was like, I just chipped and chipped away. And then one day, Carla came home and said, "Right, I've had enough. Let's do it." So oh, we cool. uh, we sold the house, um, and then we went travelling for a year, two thousand seven. Well, where'd you go? Seven, uh, literally round one way. So we went to japan first and then oh, we did all of like southeast asia thailand vietnam laos uh cambodia and then we flew to uh the, the next australia wow man did. what a trip were you into your fog were you into your photography at that point no I mean, but this is no. no literally i bought just before we went because we weren't even going to take a camera believe it and this is and this is obviously before <laughs> camera smartphones so yeah, yeah. yeah it's crazy and um the week before we went um i it was both both of our birthdays are in july um so it was we went I think we left in about the august so i bought carla for her birthday a little cyber shop point and press yeah, cool. yeah. um, and that was our camera for the trip but i kind of got hold of it and just was using it and you know there was so many amazing things to take photographs of yeah and one thing that we'd done before we went he set up a little travel blog to keep people in focus again this is before facebook 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 came out while we were away so like how's people going to follow what we're doing how are we going to keep people how are we going to how are we going to brag about where we are basically (laughs) yeah before instagram facebook yeah that's funny is the blog still alive by the way is it still alive i think it is it was it was called it was travel blog it was literally a website called travel blog and our on our username was chill to the core with a number two oh nice Nice. um, so we would literally would go and we take turns writing the blog so we'd get somewhere and then we spend two weeks there and then we again going to an internet cafe you know we didn't have anything we couldn't sit in our hostel or our room and do this back then you had to oh, literally yeah. go and buy an hour at an internet cafe and it <laughs> became part of the routine of what it was it gave us some purpose if that makes sense and it gave mm. us a way of communicating and i thought well i'll take some photographs to add to the blogs basically to give them a bit more context mm. um and, and that was literally my first ever experience taking photographs to kind of use and to kind of show um, and I definitely got a bug for it. That's def- definitely where I got a bug for it. We ran ah, that's cool, man. That's yeah. cool. And then how did then how did you start your proper photography like career? You know, what were you doing as a, what was your job at that time? Did actually before, you? Yeah. Did you yeah, leave? Some, did you have a job before you traveling away? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I when I moved to Milton Keynes after my A levels, I'd sort of dust around just doing a few. Um, uh, jobs like office jobs mm-hmm. and then i got a job as an estate agent oh wow um, cool. yeah and i did that for quite a few, four or five years okay 
Can't uh, imagine he was an estate agent for some no, reason. Says that, and it's, I, I take that. As, I take that as a compliment. I know <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not dissing any estate agents out there, but I, I can't. Imagine. Were you clean shaven? Yep, clean shaven, and I had a bit of a mullet. You know, the old mullet that was big yeah. in the, you know, the bit the, the, yeah. Um, and I can't I, imagine it, you clean shaven, actually. I can't imagine. Yeah, yeah, completely clean shaven. Yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, it was a great, it was great. I was in my early 20s um, and it was, Milton Keynes was booming. The property market was booming. It was easy. I got to drive a reasonably fancy car for someone of that age. Um, nice. Did or did or I met a load of friends that I'm still friends with. Um, oh, that's cool. So, and, and did you used to get like? Com- did you get commission on that selling houses and stuff? Yeah, but I I quickly fell into more of the val the valuation side of things. So I would go out and value houses. Okay. Um. So it was a bit less cutthroat. If that makes sense, because I right. wasn't trying to make people buy them. I was kind of persuading people to sell them. Uh, okay. And yeah. it was slightly different bit more of a relationship kind of build and it's so um, honestly i did that and then i went into recruitment which is quite a natural progression so basically when you're young and you don't mind working weekends you're an estate agent and then you get fed up of working weekends and then you become a recruitment consultant <laughs> for some reason it's a very natural kind of path in the corporate world uh, okay recruitment consultants don't work weekends basically because they're dealing sort of business to business oh uh, yeah so mm-hmm. i did that and it, it, it gave me a confidence people you know I mean, it just it made me a people person basically and so many of the skills that i learned in those days are transferable because it's kind of being comfortable in a room with strangers you know being able to mm. communicate being able to make people feel relaxed and feel true. at ease basically so mm. it is definitely something that i still use um so when we went traveling i left what was recruit a recruitment job then and then when we were coming back we were in we, we our final stop was in rio in brazil nice and um we were like right we're gonna we're going on what we're gonna do <laughs> and um carla said well i'll contact my old bosses and see what they're up to and one of her old bosses for milton keynes where she worked in marketing had moved to microsoft um, okay. and was setting up a map division Bing, which is now Bing, Bing Maps. Oh, right. Okay, cool. And um, she contacted her and she said, I need someone. Can we do an interview? So one of, we went, we, again, in a internet cafe, she got interviewed in an internet cafe <laughs> about three weeks before we were due to get our flight home and she got the job. Nice. That's to, be ba- to be based in London. So okay. we were like, okay, what are we going to do? We, we're going to have to get somewhere in London, which I was fine with. I didn't really fancy going from around the world back to Milton Keynes. It didn't mm-hmm. seem like a natural <laughs> progression, whereas London felt much more of a, an exciting prospect after the mm. year that we've had. Yeah. So I contacted my old boss and he said, I can get you a job in London, um, nice. which he did. Um, so yeah, then we moved back to London um, and I was in recruitment and the recess. So this is 2007, eight recession uh-huh. hit, and I hated it. I hated. It. I mean, I loved working in London. I worked on like Bishopsgate in the city. Loved living in London. Loved working in the city, but it was horrible. It was cutthroat. It yeah. was, you know, the, the 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 recession had hit hard, and mm-hmm. and just hated it and hated it and hated it. And then photography had become a hobby on the back of traveling. So I think I bought a. Um, Canon 450D, I think, was my first. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, first, so mine was a 500D. So really yeah. Good time. Yeah. yeah. It's so a good little first, camera. Yeah. Was, and I got a 50mm, the little pancake 50mm lens for it. And then was just would just literally walk around London shooting street photography. That was my entrance into photography with street photography. Uh, that's cool. Was that like during your lunch times or like? Or yeah, during lunch times like, yeah. on weekends, right. basically. We didn't have a car, so we were walking everywhere because uh, we lived in, in pretty... We lived in um, like near Hampstead, so we weren't driving around. We were sort of public transport walking. Mm-hmm. So, and it kind of felt like a natural progression because that, that was kind of what I was doing when we were traveling. I wasn't shooting mm-hmm. landscapes. I was shooting people and things that I saw. Um, cool. So it was a continuation of that with a slightly better camera. And mm-hmm. at the same time, it was just that period in your life where all your friends get married. You know, you hit that sort of age yes. group. Mm-hmm. So I must have, I think I must have gone to about seven or eight weddings in a year as a guest 
So, so my that's an expensive, yeah, because that's actually quite expensive going to people's yeah, residences, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> one of them, one of them was in France. Yeah. Um, there was it was a mix of, of weddings and people that we knew. Um, and, and you're taking just, your camera along. Yeah. I was that annoying that that yeah. person that annoys us the hell out of us now. Where we, you know, it's just sort of like talking to the photographer. Uh, yeah. Excuse me, mate. And yeah, just shooting from the side, basically trying not to get in the way, mm. and then. Yeah, people were like, "Oh, your photos are great." You know, you, you yeah, but you're saying that because you're a friend, and oh, they're better than the they're better than the photographers, and yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so I wasn't really attracted to the wedding side of it, but just like taking photographs, it was more the street photography that that I was passionate about. Mm-hmm. And then um, yes, the job became more and more stressful to the point where I had a massive Barney with my then boss, and I walked out um, and sort of came home to kind of walked out. It's like, ah, oh, great. And um, bless her, she was like, well, you don't want to do it. So don't do it. I said, what am I going to do? And she said, why don't you become a wedding photographer? I said, what do you mean? She goes, well, you've got, everyone says you're good at it. You've got a camera. You obviously love photography. It's a way of making money out of photography. And somehow, within six months, I was a wedding photographer. Wow, man. That's cool. That's very cool. How did you get your first wedding then? Was it a friend? Or- well, what a, a friend that I knew who had also been a recruitment consultant and had left mm. in all this kind of drama that had gone on was a web designer by kind of trade so he did me a website and i did a website that again facebook was was new but was mm. wasn't ruled by algorithm and stuff like that so it was the back in the days where if you put something on facebook and Twitter. Everyone would actually see it. Yeah, it was bizarre. Yeah. So it was literally just by doing that. And my first ever wedding was um, a Bulgarian couple in London who I'd never met. Um, it was a strange old wedding, but it was my first paid gig. Um, oh. and Did they do just, some of the traditional Bulgarian things? Yeah, the bread over the head and pulling yeah. the bread apart. And um, the bride, bless her, didn't speak a word of English. Um, <laughs> The groom didn't speak great English, but his brother did. It was just, it was a bizarre, it was, it was, it was in, in, in many ways, it was the perfect first experience because it was crazy. It was mental. It was That's like, cool. it was just a real sort of like, this is, this is going to be fun, but it's not going to be easy, if that makes sense. It's going to be unpredictable, right. which mm-hmm. is, which is what is great about wedding photography. I think it's still unpredictable. It's still, That's you know, true. if you, it's still never the same as much as people think, would well, you not get bored doing it? And it's like, well, no, because they're, they're never the same. Mm, even if they're at the same venue, they're different, aren't exactly, they? Exactly. Cause it's mm. different people. If you look for the character and you look for the personality and you look for the, the quirks in every wedding, then they're completely different. If you just turn up and think, right, I need to get a shot of the first kiss and the cake cut, then they'll all seem the same. But if you're looking for those in between moments, anyway, they'll always be different. Mm, and um, it true. was great. And it was like, I kind of, yeah and it just snowballed from there and then yeah i didn't shoot anybody that i knew yeah i haven't shot a lot of friends weddings to be honest because by the time i started doing it they were all married they're all married yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can wait for their second or third marriage yeah 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 so yeah that so it just it was very organic is probably the word uh, that's as, really as cool. most things in my life tend to be i'm not a big planner or strategist in these kind of areas are you not no? Are you not someone who has like a ten-year plan now? Like, no, 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 no. Same as me, actually. No, mm, no. good way to be. So, so when when was that first wedding? What year was that first wedding? That Bulgarian one? It must have been. I got married in two thousand. I'm just reading my ring. It's got the date on it. Two thousand. <laughs> two thousand and nine. Okay, that's how. And I mean that as well because when I got married. We got married down in Cornwall. You know the venue, Pollon. Pollon. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, you got married at Pollon Ford, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Down your yeah. neck of the woods, Alan. It, it um, is. I think I, that is the venue I've shot at the most in my career, actually. I did about it? 16, 17 there, I think. Yeah. Mm. I mean, at, the, at the time, I probably didn't realise how tricky it was inside there. So. Yeah, so dark inside. <laughs> <laughs> red brick. Red brick with tiny windows. <laughs> yeah. What time of year? Did you have good weather for yours? It was June. Um, yeah, hot. I mean, it absolutely threw it down during the ceremony. We got oh. married inside, mm. but then it cleared, and then we had a lovely sunset, and it was a nice yeah. So it didn't typical British summer wedding basically. Yeah. Massive <laughs> downpour followed by a nice evening. 
Um, so yeah, we'd, we'd done that. And, and again, my interest in photography was still sort of a hobby at that point, And I was still, still working in, in recruitment. Um, but it's, we, we got a photographer who kind of Carla found a photographer because I had no interest. I thought I was just going to be a wedding photographer. I don't know. Mm. It was just a box to tick. I didn't realize there was this option of finding someone who wasn't going to get in the way or wasn't going to be annoying mm. throughout the whole process. Uh, but Carla managed to find someone who lived down that way that was a shot sort of reportage documentary. And this was 2009. So again, it was kind of in its infancy in the UK as a yeah, kind of yeah. style to some extent. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, and saw there was a way of doing it differently, basically. That's cool. Mm. So that kind of, when Carla suggested that I was, you know, why don't you try it? I thought, well, there is a way of doing it without being traditional in, in, in the kind of choreographed kind of way of doing things. So mm. I kind of, what your question was i just want <laughs> no that's cool I was, I was asking what what year it was that you shot that first so yeah it, it was so that was 2009 i got married it was within my it was within that was to june the bulgarian wedding was late that year so it was within six oh, wow. months Gosh, you did do it quickly when you decided yeah, you wanted to yeah. do it. It really did happen yeah. quickly. Wow. So that's like what twelve years ago or so now or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So and you were a recruitment consultant before then, and now you're a professional photographer. Which are you happier now than you were as a recruitment? Oh God, consultant? yeah, without yeah. without doubt, yeah. Yeah, that's a no-brainer. Do you know what? I worked in recruitment for half a day because they they'd sold the job to me as like as like marketing. But when I got there, it was literally just cold for me. I'm not saying yours your recruitment was, but for me, it was just cold calling businesses trying to you know get them workforce. And I I walked out after half a day as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's kind of the way the the, the progression from basically. If you look at um, th- this is where the um, the 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 kind of the connection is. So. Uh, state agency is sales but basically what you're doing is you're you're dealing with people in it's a very emotive thing buying a house mm. for people so you're dealing with people that are making a big big decision and it's a big sort of life changing thing buying and selling a house mm. so you have to as well as you know you can be and a lot of estate agents i knew were awful it's not typical young estate agents but they didn't last they would come and go the one that the, the me and the, the people that I knew that lasted in it, we were kind of a little bit, we were nicer, shall we say. Okay. Mm. And we understood that that people, you can't force someone to spend. I mean, back then it wasn't anything like, it was just crazy. I used to sell houses for £20,000. Oh, that's mad, isn't it? That's mad. One bedroom house in Milton Keynes when I started was £20,000. Wow. Wow. Anyway, so you have this kind of relationship, you're dealing with people and they have to feel comfortable with you. Then recruitment, it's kind of the same thing. Again, getting a job, changing jobs, it's quite a big deal, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. It's not like selling pens or selling, yeah. you know, things in volume. It's kind of dealing with people. And, and, and again, weddings is the same. It's, it's a big, it's a life moment, isn't it? It's something mm-hmm. that, you know, you, you move house, you get a new job, you get married. These are kind of, these are big moments in your life. So the progression from one to the other, yeah. it's always seemed quite similar to me, basically. Yeah, that makes sense, actually, when you talk about it like that. Mm, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Uh, man, that's all really interesting. Loving, loving, loving this. And um, I want to go on to something else that I saw, I saw on your bio that you said you said you spend most of my most of your life taking pictures, but in capital but there, when not hiding behind the lens, I listen to music, lots and lots of music. So yeah, what kind of music are you into? everything really because i used to be i've always had um a creative outlet i've always needed something to 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 do and photography was the first creative outlet that i did that i managed to monetize shall we say Mm, um but before that it was music i used to be in bands um oh really cool you play you play guitar as well don't you yeah 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 yeah, yeah. what kind of bands what playing what kind of music um so basically i i sort of came out of that kind of 90s Manchester so my first big love was Oasis I guess oh yeah yeah so it was that kind of um indie kind of and the guys that I met so I, I wasn't in bands till I moved to Milton Keynes and the guys that I still know now they're still they're still really good lads and we've, we've, all, we've all got kids and jobs now and moved on from that but we had probably about five or six years worth of yeah being in 
it was always the same band. I didn't flit around when band members came and went, but it was kind of, I guess it was kind of my band. I kind of named it and wrote the songs. Oh, cool. What name? Black Star. Black Star. Cool name. Nice. Did you record stuff? Have you got some recordings? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, not, I mean, we played. Oh, sorry. That's my, can you, sorry. That was my Alexa just went off in the background. That was, I think, because I, because I talked about music or something, it just went off. Did you hear that though? Uh, I heard, okay. heard some it. Oh, we were on Spotify, but um, the drummer oh, okay. put us on, but I, I, we're not there anymore for some reason. I don't know how it works with Spotify. Mm. The, drum, the drummer put us on Spotify. Nice. So you could, you could ask, you could ask, ask Alexa. She's going <laughs> to speak again there to play Black Star, but there's a oh. few different Black Stars when we were, we weren't the first option, but, right, um, okay. but no, it was, it, so I did that. And um, yeah. And some music is, was my, was my biggest sort of creative output if that makes sense i was never a great guitarist but it was more i, I would say i was a singer and the songwriter basically and would play rhythm guitar are you band. singing as well yeah yeah man, yeah oh man i've got to hear this i want to hear this yeah i don't, oh, that's I, I, don't cool. I don't know where we, yeah you could have found it on spotify but i don't think it's there anymore i mean oh, it wasn't wanna... great and it was kind of i it, it was kind of um it was kind of faux Arctic Monkeys kind of thing. It was, again, it was about, I used to love the Arctic Monkeys as well because they had that kind of, I just like that kind of northernness about them. Just, <laughs> northernness, yeah. <laughs> I do. I mean, it's, it, people don't realise I'm northern, but I have, I don't think you ever lose that. I think as northerners, we have a kind of honesty and kind of right. slight sort of gallows humour often. Do you know what I mean? It'd be yeah. quite kind of, yeah. And, and then that's something I've always think most other things that I like tend to have a often have an, a bit of grittiness about them, and often that can be because they're from the north, basically. <laughs> That's funny. It's like Game of Thrones. Uh, the, the people from the north in Game of Thrones. Do you watch Game of Thrones? Never seen it. You never seen it, really? I, mean, that... I know exactly what it is. I was yeah. I, I wrote this down somewhere recently. I made so I, put, I put some Instagram posts on and something like winter is coming because I I know I know I know <laughs> I know the cultural reference and I put underneath like never seen a, an episode of Game of Thrones. <laughs> that you must have made a, a proper effort not to watch an episode, I think, because it's like everywhere, isn't it? Honestly, I mean, it's not I've seen, it. I've seen yeah. like clips of it. I, I'm completely aware, but I've never sat down and thought, right, I'm going to watch an episode of Game of Thrones. Oh right? man, it's super. It is really good. It is really good. Really good. Um, do you still play some music now? Do you still play? guitar at home i mean I can, i've got two guitars right behind me but i, I don't often touch them anymore to be honest mm. with you I look at them they're quite nice they're quite, quite expensive guitars in their time so they look nice but mm. i mean i can you know you never it's like riding a bike i mean yeah so you don't forget jumping out some boards and and phoebe she's learning to play the piano and we'll have we'll have a little jam every so often oh uh, that's cool um yeah. but no i mean i haven't written a song or played in any kind of anger for for years now to be honest with you <laughs> oh it's a shame that isn't it i've yeah i don't play as much as i used to as well actually yeah um but the very first song i learned to play was uh, oasis was wonderwall that was the first song i learned to play on the guitar yeah mm. Mm. um you wrote let's go back to your photography matt and you wrote a great this is quite a long question here so you could probably have a bit of a coffee if you want but you wrote a great this is how piece for us a while ago about your man versus peacock image which is um it's also yeah. captured man and won a reportage award as well um it's a great post about how you captured that shot and slowing down and about in your words watching waiting and capturing the ordinary um i'll link to it from your episode podcast page so anyone listening now do head to thisreptage.com and i'll link to that post uh, it's a really great read it's really cool um but something else you mentioned on that piece is you say um i had picked out the old chap as my muse as i liked his suit socks and face plus like so many of the older or younger generations you tend to get better access without them becoming all self-aware and i think that's really cool i just wondered if it's something you do regularly like identify a muse or two at a wedding Every time, mate, without oh, doubt. Really? Yeah, 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 cool. without doubt. I mean, it's and it and it's it, it will often be a younger or older generation for those reasons that I just said. But mm. there will always be. I always make a point. I almost, almost, I go, I go and when everyone sits down, I always identify the the um, the sort of naughty table, as I call it. And you find it every wedding. There's always like the bride and groom. They know who's going to be the rowdiest. And they usually sit them quite far back <laughs> from the head table. Um, but that's the table that I'm drawn to. Because when, when people are eating, there's not much going on. But if you find the naughty table, and usually that's 
again, someone you've identified as being a bit, you've, and again, it comes down to that kind of managing of people and kind of relationship building because often the rowdiest guests can be the hardest to deal with. They can be a little bit, what's the words? I mean, it can be a little bit annoying if that makes sense. So you mm-hmm. have to try and get them on side. You have to kind of play them at their own game a little bit. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Try and be be as cheeky back as they are to you. And and I think mm-hmm. some people might sh- understand that we might struggle with that. I could completely understand why you would do because they're not always, you, you know, you put drink in someone who's a little bit rowdy to start with and they can be yeah. a bit annoying. So it's a bit of a fine line. And I've had a few run-ins because of it. I've been doing this for, I've done probably nearly 400 weddings. So you can imagine. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've had a few run-ins with, with, with drunks and annoying. Mm. But again, if you kind of, sometimes, you know, they, if you whoever it is you sort of say they, they look they look good or they there's just something about them and i think that's someone that i can if, if nothing else is going on i can always look for a particular table or a particular person that i know i'm gonna get something from so you know photographically basically that's um, really cool yeah so yeah i always do that always and you do just that. give them kind of a extra attention then throughout the day and keep an eye on them yeah yeah, yeah definitely so I mean, you're trying to do that with everybody, but you've got hundreds of people at a wedding. It can become a little bit of a blur sometimes. You can be a little bit, you know, you can sort of just too much to look at, if that makes sense. So if I've always got this one table or person or to, to sort of rely on and go back to, then I just find it's a good, it's a good stabilizer. Mm. That I think that's. I think that's a really great idea. I think that is, that's really cool. Yeah, really cool. And how do you identify the naughty table? Are they the ones that have like stolen all the other tables, like bottles of wine and stuff? Yeah, yeah. If you look, yeah. you look. If you look, you, you, you're going to do it now. You look. Yeah. There's always, if you, if you sort of, because the tables are dotted around and obviously depending on the layout, I mean, they're quite common these days for the, especially the London when as I do, you don't really have like round tables. You have this long kind of okay. refectory mm. kind of canteen style now, don't you? So which, which, which makes it harder yeah, that's well, if you're at a venue, usually like a country house where they're round tables, head table, and there's always one table. And I always go, I always go up, and I always say, right, I've been, I've been watching. You're officially the noise, and they like it. They <laughs> kind of win them over straight away, and I often sit and have a chat with them, and you know, and I'll end up doing something stupid. And it's just, I mean, it's just, it's just something to capture at a point in the day where there's not really much else going on apart from people eating. So. Mm. Um, you'll I, end I up doing pre- something stupid like what well d- 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 they'll end up I know, necking a bottle of wine not me they, oh right oh them I thought it meant you like because <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 they'll perform for you and it's kind okay. of mm. kind of kind of breaks it kind of blurs the boundaries then doesn't it of kind of documentary because they're kind of playing up but even if I wasn't there they'd be doing they'd be being stupid anyway yeah sure so it kind of just I find it hard to to um i'm not one of these photographers that can disappear and sort of turn off for an hour because at a wedding i know some right. photographers right, i need an hour i'm going to disappear i don't want to see anyone i want to just eat i want to back up mm. my cards i can't do that oh really in what way yeah. what you just I, feel I, itchy I, like you want to be yeah there. yeah i feel yeah. i'm missing out so if i do sit somewhere i don't i, mean, I don't like sitting with the guests because I find if, if I if they sit me at a table, they'll always sit me at a board. <laughs> and I'm kind of looking. I, I I really can't switch off because I'm in the room. So what I usually do is I I usually plonk myself earshot of the room so I can okay. hear. You know, you can hear like a cheer or something like that. So I'm never that far that I can kind of be in there basically mm. within a matter of seconds. Um, Yes, but it's, I just find it hard to kind of switch because if I do that, if I do disappear, because I've done it in the past, and then I kind of re-emerge and I feel like I'm kind of, I think it takes me a while to get going lethargic. again. My yeah. yeah, my my reflexes and my kind of instincts have sort of dropped down a little bit. So that makes sense. I immerse myself, start to finish as much as I can basically which makes it a bit more tiring. Uh, yeah, I was going to say that's super full on. Do you like drink loads of coffees in a day or something or? Um, no, no, it's just the whole, if you don't switch off, you don't, there's no lull, you see, it's, it's, um, you need the coffee more. If you do, if you break away and relax a bit, that's when you need the coffee. That makes sense, actually. Yeah, that does make if sense. You're, if, you, if you don't let your, if you, if you, because you, your senses sort of heightened, don't you? you? You turn up, I mean, I, I love it. 
and you turn up at bridal prep and you knock on you, you knock on this door or you knock on the hotel room uh, ring the hotel room doors and it's like as soon as that door opens i'm in basically and i'm kind of i kind of switch on and my you know my my senses sort of alert and i'm kind of in this kind of mode because i kind of kind of put on a kind of a bit of a character i'm kind of a bit of a social comedian when it comes to the wedding day so i kind of uh, enjoying bridal prep i've become this sort of giggly more <laughs> a bit more high pitch it's weird <laughs> really yeah i kind of cool. like put on different slightly different characters for different times of the day and then if i go and meet the boys then i'll sort of switch on do you know what i mean if they're a bit rowdy and they're a bit and it's that's mm. not really my character but i can switch it on just to make them feel a bit relaxed and that's cool yeah, that's advanced people them. skills though really isn't it that is again it, again it goes back to, to to my years in sales basically that's basically mm. like i say you bring that with you you bring that ability to kind of read a room and read a person and try and sort of reflect them a little bit because if you know if you reflect someone's personality then again it yeah it's quite advanced people want to yeah 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 mm. so that's all really cool stuff man it's proper confidence that you have as well to be like that i think that's really cool it is really cool i guess because in in everyday life i'm not i'm quite you know carlo always says that i can i can go to sort of social things and i can drop the kids off at school and i'm the sort of parent that at, at school drop off I ain't talking to anyone. <laughs> I'm the same. I like try not to make eye contact even. I'm like, exactly. I'm like head down. It's like it's early in the morning. I've got nothing yeah. to gain from having a pointless conversation. So yeah. I'm just going to stay at the back. But at a wedding, I've got something to gain from it because yeah. I'm going to take better photographs. So I kind of switch it on. Um, That's cool. So Some at the end of a wedding, I, you know, I, don't, I don't often stay over because um, I kind of need a two three hour drive to come down if that makes right. sense mm, that makes sense so you know and if, if i shoot locally and i'm only like half an hour 20 minutes from home if i get home i i can't go to you know I li i'd literally i'm wired still you know i'm wired for probably two three hours after the the end of the day just to sort of come back down to to earth yeah you know? i understand that i understand that what do you do what's the first thing you do when you get home after a wedding Crack a beer, usually. Dear, yeah. yeah. Crack nice. a beer, put, sit in front of the telly, crack a beer. Yeah, I don't back up straight away. No, normally. Um, you know, I'll probably I'll do that the following morning. So, yeah, get yeah. home. If it's early enough to sort of people still be up at home, then, yeah, just sit and have a chat and a glass of wine. If 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 it's if everyone's in bed, then, yeah, just crack a beer and nice. stick match of the day on or whatever it is or just something just to bring me down, mm. back down to normality and then, don't do anything till the following morning with regards to backing up or, or calling. Same anything. here. Mm, and me. Yeah. Mate, you said match of the day. You, you are a football fan then? Yeah. More, more, more than I like to be, if that makes sense. <laughs> Not, yeah. Cause I, I, yeah, it's weird. It's one of those things where, you know, yeah, it's, I, I like football, but I think, football and footballers the culture the main are idiots do you mm. know what i mean it's like it's not it's not but i i've been a liverpool fan since oh, i cool. was a kid so i i yeah um so why I, liverpool fan well i well, my dad was uh and still is a man city fan and okay. when I, I was born when i was younger bolton weren't very good mm. <laughs> they, they sort of got good and they've gone bad again but so they weren't so i was like i kind of needed a team if that makes sense yeah I was kind of a Bolton fan. And then my dad's boss, when I was a kid, was a proper scouser. He was an hilarious chap. Um, and we used to go to the Man... Every time Man City played Liverpool, I'd go to the Man... I'd go to Main Road, which it was then, before it was... Oh, uh, yeah. Moving to Main Road. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'd go there, and then we'd go to Anfield. And I just fell in love with Anfield. It's a stand on the cop as a, as a sort mm, cool. of 10-, 12-year-old. And it's a, it is a pretty special place, Anfield. I've never been. Um, yeah. yeah, it's got and just yeah, it, you know the the cop especially has, and I just kind of fell in love with it, and um, and then we moved south, and then I, I used to still go probably ten times when I moved here. I still used to go maybe ten times a year. Oh wow, right. Because yeah. I had weekends free and stuff like that, and um, so yeah, I so I'm an armchair fan now, but I'm not I'm not I'm not die hard if that makes sense, but I do I do get passionate about it. I do. Mm, that's so, cool. Well, Liverpool doing, been doing well, haven't they? In the last like few years. Yeah. Yeah. Good time. Yeah. yeah. yeah I've, so yeah, I've had some. Um, I've had some good experiences being a Liverpool fan. I've, I've been through it because it was like, yeah, if you go back to like from the mid nineties until now, they've been 
it's been a bit of a roller coaster. But yeah, I do still. It does. It's, it's it, and it's a it's an escape for me as well. Do you know what I mean? It's one of those things where, um, you know, it's it's just it. it I do enjoy it. I mean, Liverpool are playing tonight. Do you know what I mean? So I'm like, I'm looking forward to sort of just sitting down glass of wine watching watching the game tonight that's so cool uh, i find it relaxes me it kind of takes my my mind off it's not you know it's kind of not a creative pursuit kind of i mean it kind of gives yeah. me a break from 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 gives my mind a different focus oh, i get that yeah and we all we all need that yeah, yeah definitely yeah. yeah god um yeah i'm birmingham city fan randomly yeah Birmingham City fan. Yeah, well you're isn't your accent what's that Oh yeah, well, uh, well, I'm from Reddit, it's just south of Birmingham. Yeah. I gotta say, yeah, because it's no, it's, no, it's there was always a little bit of um, the West Country in there, but yeah, <laughs> I, knew, I knew it wasn't rooted in there. I didn't know that. That's, that's, uh, I didn't know about you. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. I'm not a diehard football fan though either, but yeah, yeah. Um, cool, man. Okay, let's change tack slightly. Let's change tack slightly. Um, do you watch? Do you? I think you mentioned it slightly there earlier. Do you watch many movies or Netflix series, TV in general? Um, yes. Um, I'm one of those people, one of these people, I'm probably, as far as most photographers are concerned, I'm not a massive film buff. Okay. Um, I know a lot of photographers watch films. I've, my, our TV and I, I'm not, I'm not a big gadget person. So I've still got the same TV that we had when we lived in London, which is like oh, 10 wow. years. It's not even the HD. I mean, it's not like a... <laughs> It's not always really deep ones. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, proper CRT. It is a flat screen Sony TV, <laughs> but it's not HD. Oh, wow. Um, so oh. I don't, yeah, I'm not, I, I'm not a sort of person when I watch films, I'm not like, oh, the cinematography is, I don't know, it's weird. I don't, I've, so I don't, and I find Enjoy. it hard to sit still. Oh, okay, right. But I read, okay. I read something funny the other day saying like, because um, I watched the, um, did you watch that Beatles thing? The, uh, to get was it get back you know that documentary that was i like, know hey, i didn't know was that good thank you god watch that that's brilliant okay that's, yeah that's absolutely amazing anyway that's like eight hours long and um but there was some 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 someone said i'll net like netflix oh i've got a 10 hour film for you to watch and it's like nah nah i'm not gonna watch that <laughs> what if i break it down into like 45 minute chunks and, you, and then you end up watching them all within one one night anyway and it's kind <laughs> of like so the, the thought of sitting down and watching a film I'm like, oh god! I'll end up watching a series and watch four back to back, which is basically as long as a film. Anyway. Yeah, that's funny, isn't it? That is funny. So, uh, yeah, I watch more series than I do films, basically, because it feels uh, like less of a commitment. But then I get drawn in and end up sitting there watching it all anyway. So that is funny. Okay, well, that's cool anyway. Because uh, last, well, actually, quite a lot of the podcast episodes, I've been doing a little game. Are you up for yeah. a little game? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Okay, so I'm going to read out a Netflix or or other streaming service or movie synopsis. I'm going to see if you can get the title. Go for it. Okay, cool. So this first one is an old film as a clue. It's an old film. It's probably like 25 years old or something. Okay, so in a dystopic and crime-infested Detroit, a terminally injured... Robocop. Oh, man, that is... is No way. I can't believe you got that. That is awesome. (laughs) Can you fly, Bobby? Uh, Robocop was the first film I watched when I was younger that was because it was like an 18 wasn't it and it was like it was like I remember watching that thinking I don't know how old I would have been what year did it come out have you got that that no I haven't got it in front of me no sorry but I was the same as you I was a kid watching that and I felt like oh this is like this is naughty I shouldn't be watching this well, it was so violent. It's horrific, yeah. really. That whole Ed, that bit at the beginning where they're showing off Ed 209 in the, like, in the boardroom and like he's supposed to be, you know, he, he, the, the one the board member like puts a gun up and he's supposed to like stop. The Ed 209 is supposed to like stop then and when he puts the gun down but he ends up shooting him at the thing. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's like horrific, man. That's one of, those, one of those films that, yeah, it's kind of within my kind of, period of growing up it's kind of yeah like even like i'm thinking of it now all that there's loads of catchphrases wasn't there was that um i buy that for a dollar there's that guy like kept appearing on the anyway (laughs) i'm digressing but yeah (laughs) well done man you got it in like right away that's it into my mind that is robocop from only like a quarter of the synopsis you got it that is very detroit detroit there you go well done they've done a remake of it haven't they in the past i've not seen it but i think there's a remake Mm, I mean, sure. we're getting to that age alan where everything that we watched is getting remade that is true yeah i remember playing the robocop video game in the arcades even did you ever play that uh yeah, yeah it rings a bell really pixely mm. kind of yeah. yeah 
Yeah. Walk inside scrolling <laughs> thing. <Yeah. laughs> okay, well, that's good, man. We've got three. You've got one out of one so far. Okay, so this next one is a movie as well. Okay. While home, sick in bed, a young boy's grandfather reads him the story of a farm boy turned pirate who encounters numerous obstacles, enemies, and allies in his quest to be reunited with his true love. God. This is like a kind of childhood kind of adventure film. Is, it, what, is, this, is this a more recent no, this is old as well. It's really probably well. about twenty years old. Yeah. Jumanji. Kind of oh no, no, I've never seen that though. Actually, no, is that good? Never seen it. Um, yeah, I think that the, the, there's that's been remade as well. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, with the rock. The or rock. Something. That's quite yeah. good actually. I watched that with Phoebe during yeah. lockdown. That was quite, that was quite a good romp, as they say. Um, um, no, this this one's more kind of classic adventure Pete film. Graham? Oh. It's got that air to it, but it's not animated either. It's um, Go on. oh, okay. It's, it's the Princess Bride. Oh. Never seen it. Oh, that's classic, man. That's cool. Uh, That'd be it, a good one to watch. It's a book. It's a book. Is it from a book? Is it a oh, book? I don't know. Actually, yeah. might have been. I don't know. No, I've definitely not seen it. Okay. Anyway, it doesn't matter. No, it's still one out of two. It's still good, man. So okay. the, the next one is a much more. Mo- this I don't think you would have seen this actually, but it's a modern Netflix reality tv series okay yeah. ready okay hoping to say goodbye to superficial dating real life singles sports elaborate makeup and prosthetics to put true blind date chemistry to the test no no that's no. a tough one sorry man that is, is se- sexy beasts sexy beast what's that yeah. that's not the film sexy beast no it's not no it's like it's reality TV oh it's thing. like a reality TV. oh no 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 yeah. but I, Stuff I watch in Netflix that I really like. Oh, oh, Ozark, love Ozark. Oh yeah, I've only seen the first two seasons of that. There's a few, isn't there? There's four, was it? Three just, or four? Well, they've just there's a new one. They've just re- literally devoured. Um, they're back. The uh, this is the fourth, I think, series. So they've released. Okay. I think in the states they have like a mid-season break, don't they? So they released seven episodes within the past month. Devoured them in a week. Oh yeah, nice. But Ozark's good. I like it's. It's like dark, gritty. Mm. it's kind of you can probably see yeah i think the stuff that i kind of like reflects in my photography somewhat to be honest with you. <laughs> that's cool yeah that's cool what is your favorite series like do you have a favorite series ever uh, uh, do you know i really ozark i really do uh, like ozark cool. it is really good isn't it mm. it's really good yeah yeah yeah. because it has that kind of um sense of kind of normality about it as well it's just this i speaking to someone about this the other day actually and that how it's kind of there's all this kind of craziness going on, but then there's these scenes where they're at home just cooking dinner, mm. just complete normality, but they're chatting about drug deals and like, you know, and, and cartels and stuff like that. But they're just sat or stood in a really normal everyday kitchen <laughs> chatting about it. And it's kind of that kind of reality and that honesty that I kind of like in most things that I like to be honest with you. I'm not a big, not a big sci-fi fan or costume drama kind of fan. I like kind of, real gritty yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Definitely oh, that's cool yeah mm. now i really did like it we stopped i think part way through third season is it on like on a riverboat gambling stuff that's part well, yeah because they, yeah. they keep buying yeah they buy businesses that they can kind of they can Lord clean definitely. cash through yeah. basically yeah. yeah so they buy random stuff and then they kind of just it doesn't need to make a profit it's just a way of and the, yeah this riverboat casino is one of them basically I need to watch more. I need to watch yeah. more. Um, cool, man. Let's go back. Let's go back to your photography. And one of your specific reportage wars that I just love is um, during the speeches. I think looks like it is, and it's a top table, and there's a dog cocking its leg to wee up against the table. Um, yes, man. yeah. <laughs> I love that. Can you tell us more about about that shot? Um, yeah, it was. So it was a wedding in Italy, um, and it's like a like a farmhousey kind of wedding venue and then this dog again go back to the muse thing this mm. dog was hanging around his own by the uh, so the owners of the the venue had a little dog his name was called pico and he was from the mo- from the moment i arrived in the morning this little dog's just loitering around and it's that kind of muse thing it's kind of like i be- you become attuned to the fact that this 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 you know th- there's something here in, in this instance an animal that or the peacocks at the other wedding they're, they're, they're there and there's, there's 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 something to be got from them if that makes sense mm-hmm. um so i was kind of attuned to this dog and i'd sort of petted it and stroked it and 
you know, it was sort of wandering around and the guests were sort of loving it. Um, and then, yeah, it was um, literally during the speeches. And again, it's just wandering around. People have been, it got to the point where people don't stop seeing the dog because he's just there all day. Um, and it was loitering around and I was sat facing the head table um, for the speeches. And I, I, I shoot three cameras all day. So I shoot three, oh, lenses, wow. three cameras, three lenses. So I have the old moneymaker style thing, camera on each side of that. And then I have one on my belt as well. Wow, nice. Um, Triple so I ne- what, I cameras, never, what cameras use? The, so, the Sony A7 freeze. Cool. And then I have a, a 135, a 24, and a 55, basically. Mm. That's the only lenses that I have. So they're all, so I, I never need to change lens throughout the day i've got three bodies each with the three lenses all at hand basically so i was kind of sat i sort of positioned myself things like speeches where i've got the 135 that will give me i don't need to get too close because i've got a 135 i've got a 24 i want to shoot something one i've got the 55 so i'm always kind of ready and that was a prime example of the fact that i was kind of sat in a position where i probably wouldn't have had the 24 on if if I was changing lens because it was speeches and it's more about kind of looking for reaction and looking for the person making the speech. But the 24 is just hung by my side and little Pico just wanders into shot. And I swear I'm going, and he's sort of sniffing around <laughs> and he, I'm, seriously, I'm, in my head, I'm going, have piss, piss, piss. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> and he's done it. And literally no one's noticed. No, not even, not even the people watching the speech. Cause he's kind of out of their eye line, I guess. Cause he's lower. So it's not, there's no laughter, no nothing. And it's, it's got to the point where I've gone and done the portraits later and said, oh, I can't believe the dog. And the brand goes, what do you mean? It's like the dog took a piss. And I had uh, to show them the picture because they completely, no one had really noticed it happening apart from me because I had a 24 on me. I could shoot it wide enough to sort of give the context. Um, so cool. Yeah, and you know, it's one of those moments. I always have. I often have these moments where I'm at a wedding and I'm kind of looking for. For me, that is the. Sh- as much as people kind of sometimes buy into my kind of portraits, for me, it, the shot that I will always take home with me, I'm always searching for, is something like that, like a really a proper quirky sort of rep- reportage moment, basically. Mm. Um, it's proper cool, man. The, the fact that they didn't know it happened. I mean, that's like I often say on my Skypes and whatnot, like my goal is to capture moments that you weren't privy to maybe yourself on a day. And that's like the epitome of that. Like no one else even saw that happen. And, no, and, and that, yeah, the Brian and Groom are in the shot. You know, it's, the, it's yeah. the, 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 often when we do that, we're, we're talking about moments where because I, I say exactly the same thing. I, I say to couples, look, you know, you're not going to receive a gallery full of just images of you because mm. when you get married we go back to this bubble thing it's this strangest kind of day where you kind of you're you're there's always someone in front of you if you're a couple if you think about it from the moment you're from the moment that you wake up in the morning there's always someone right in your eye line it's a bridesmaid it's a friend it's a parent they're right there they're talking to you they're asking you questions they're hugging you so you don't really get this wide vision because there's just people everywhere and often they're right in your face which is great because that's what you want so it's my job to kind of all this stuff that's slightly out of your eye line is to capture that stuff but it might be something that you you were right there and that's the perfect example you were literally right there you were literally in the shot you didn't see it because you were watching the person give the speech Mm -hmm. so it's the perfect example of that it really is isn't it yeah that's super cool it's it's a great shot mate it's a great shot it's great out you know some photographers well would have like maybe just like zoomed in on a long lens and just got the dog weeing but the way you you know it's such a great storytelling image to include the actual speech going on behind and there's yeah. this dog nonchalantly nonchalantly weeing up against it it's yeah, so yeah. funny i love it yeah. it's Con- so cool. context is king for me i think at weddings it's like i hate detail shots because there's no context is there it's like if i take a picture of a cake and there's there's no context. It's just the cake there. It may as well be a brochure for cakes, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Just yeah, like, I agree. But so my favourite shot of a cake is there's a kid asleep asleep next to it, and yes, you know, it's, it's, it gives it context. It it does it stops mm-hmm. it being a shot of a nice cake, and it's 
the cake at that wedding if that makes sense so totally I think, yeah 100 percent agree with that yeah con- totally. context context is king never said mm. that sounds quite good that it's a good that's a good soundbite that's a good soundbite <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's awesome thanks for talking about that and anyone listening now do head to this reptiles.com and i'll include that dog wing up against the uh, top table cracking award there so you can have a look at um man look down it's flown by it was like an hour already yeah, yeah, it is. So um, it's got time for one more question, if that's okay. Yeah, go for it. Okay, let's do a big one. Um, yeah, Matt, what would be your top tips or top tip or just any thoughts to help someone become better at the documentary side of what we do? Yeah, what would be your advice? It's, I think it's, it's, it's um, preempting, basically. I think it's kind of using that dog as an example like i said it's preempting the fact it's being aware of what's going on and you can kind of second guess what's about to happen mm. so i mean just even using the peacock shot and 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 the dog shot if people end up sort of linking to those and seeing them perfect examples of the fact that i kind of they, i wasn't i kind of i was ready for them if that makes sense they were completely random things that happened completely unchoreographed completely out of my control but in both instances, I was ready because I kind of preempted it. I was kind of thinking slightly ahead of what's going on. Mm. Um, and, and the what more could happen. Mm. Yeah, and the more weddings you shoot, the more, if you want the random to happen, it will, if that makes sense. If you want to, I'm sure some photographers love the control of, of, of the way they work. I, I don't. I like to completely let go. Um, and the more you do that, the more random stuff happens. And you'll miss lots of stuff but each time you'll get more likely to miss it next time if that makes sense so you're kind of thinking ahead um you can also um you can kind of encourage stuff to happen as well um i've done a bit of sort of mentoring and stuff for for people and still kind of sort of offer that on the odd occasion where i sort of say well if you you know if again you're talking about the the sort of silly table so you can kind of encourage people <laughs> to do stuff and then step back. If that makes sense, you can kind of put things in people's mind and then step back. Um, uh, often at weddings, there's kind of activities people throw in. There's like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of examples where I know I can't think it. Yeah. People often like playing the cr- playing. What's that game where you, that's weird game croquet? with the hammer and croquet, croquet. And, oh, yeah. and you get, you get like people throwing bean bags at cans and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of, you can kind of in, you can kind of encourage people just to like wait till you get in position. Of, so, I mean, it's kind of you can kind of control it to some extent. Mm-hmm. That's one way of doing it, and that will give you a result. But ultimately, if you don't do that and you just patient, Jeng is the perfect example. The, the, the amount of time I've wasted <laughs> lay on the floor next to a game of Jenga, waiting for it. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. and countless hours where I just wait, wait. <laughs> and it's like if you give up. As soon as you turn your back, it goes. It falls. Yeah, it's so true, isn't it? You've kind of like you've got to be patient, basically, and that's something that I, in everyday life, I'm terrible at. My patience (laughs) is really, really bad. So the one thing I like about photography is it teaches me to be patient. Mm, How long will you stick with a scene? You know, obviously it varies in times. I mean, Jenga is the ultimate. (laughs) Jenga is like, I'm. But five minutes seems in my, the way I work to to start to stay still for five minutes on one scene seems mm. an absolute lifetime. Um, so that's for me five minutes is an extreme example, and it's more likely to be kind of Jenga. I think the uh, the peacock guy probably maybe two or three four minutes something like that where I right, just kind okay. of waited. Um, I think you I were eating an ice hard. cream as well at the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's I find it hard to do that, but it's it's something to it's worth it if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it pays so, off. But it won't pay off every time. But that's the thing, isn't it? It can't pay off every time. No, but, no. Mm-hmm, but but it's, it's it's good. It's good to it slows you down anyway. You know, it gives you a minute to sort of gather. Even if nothing happens, it, at least it slowed me down throughout the day. And it kind of you know, and I I do need that because, like I said, I struggle to do it. Um, <laughs> and it, it it helps, you know. Um, uh. That's cool, man. Those are all great bits of advice, man. And throughout this whole episode, you've been so interesting and dropped so many just great bits of great bits of advice and just how you work. And it's just been it's just been so cool talking to you, dude. It's been really cool. Oh, cool, man. Yeah. It's been a long time since we've had a conversation as well, actually. Isn't it? I know, my 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 waffleometer is um, terrible. I, oh I, no, I, 
when I when I chat about I, I do it when I'm skyping couples. I can sort of like see myself because I I enjoy talking about it, and it's, there's not that comes across lot. as passion, man. It's yeah, cool. yeah. I still I still really twelve years on. It's still still really um, yeah. It still really sort of plays to my creativity and my yeah passion is probably the best word for it i think Alan. yeah it's mm. like it's, it's really like, cool man and it really comes across in this and that's why people have tuned in today to listen to you so it's absolutely it's been really great man thank you really really well, cool really well. cool and um hopefully i'll see you in the flesh this year that would be cool yes definitely mate definitely i think we, we should be all allowed to um mingle again so hopefully there's some catching up to be done definitely yeah a lot man dude honestly thank you so much for that awesome talking to you and um yeah uh you stay you i was gonna say stay safely uh, you put me back in the kind of like corona mid 2020 years oh, we're talking about that. I know. signing off every email we stay safe yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we care about people's safety anymore we don't do it no it doesn't matter yeah live dangerously live on the edge <laughs> live on the edge go back to the way it was but no you stay safe as well Alan. yeah definitely i mean that's i mean that, that is you know it's a good ethos throughout life isn't it pandemic or not stay that's safe true. that is true <laughs> stay safe but yeah thanks a lot man and, and see you soon hopefully all right dude see you later bye 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 you've been listening to the 111th episode of the this is reportage podcast Matt's always so fab to talk to. Hope you enjoyed listening. Head to thisisreportage.com for a link to his website and to see the dog peeing on the top table reportage war that he spoke about too. We now have 111 episodes of the podcast available where we speak to wedding and family photographers from all over the world. If you like this episode, delve into our back catalogue for lots more. If you're not a member of this reportage or this reportage family, check out all the benefits of joining us, including an unlimited number of images on your profile, 60 individual award and 18 story award entries per year, invites to our physical meetups and parties, exclusive discounts, hours of educational videos featuring tips and advice from some of the world's best photographers, and much more too. Submissions are open now to our next award collections. The deadline is the same for both our wedding site and our family site. Submit by 2359 BST on the 24th of May 2022. No poses, nothing staged. This is Reportage. And this is bye for now.